Welcome to Making Connections, a WMNT series on diversifying our future. One of the coolest things, Saturday night, we had this this awesome event, this main course event. And as we were cleaning up and, and we were wore out, we cooked for 65 people and just been at it for two days straight working on this event. And as we were cleaning up, I stepped out on Main Street and looked up and down Hazard. And there, I mean, it was just dead. Everybody had left, and there was just a few of us left cleaning up. And I looked at this, and I thought, wow, how lucky, how lucky. I'm your host, Kelly Haywood. And today we are dedicating our entire show to an eastern Kentucky coal town, Hazard. In the opening clip, you heard Jason Brashear, the agriculture teacher at Perry County Central High School. Brashear was reflecting on The Main Course, a farm-to-table dining experience that took place in Hazard in 2015 to benefit North Fork Local Foods, the nonprofit group that organizes the Perry County Regional Farmers Market and other local food programs. In its heyday, Hazard, the county seat of Perry County, was one of the larger Eastern Kentucky boom towns. First lumber, then coal, drove the economy of Perry County, turning Hazard into a major center for commerce in the mountains. In the 1940s, the city's population topped out at over 7,000 people and nearly 48,000 in all of Perry County. But from then, both have seen a steady decline. As seen in towns in all eastern Kentucky coalfields counties, the latest hit taken by the coal industry has all but devastated downtown Hazard. Samantha Haynes, a 23-year-old mother of three residing in Hazard, has faced a lot of difficulty in her life, and her story isn't uncommon. Knowing that the majority of the people in her hometown are in tough situations, she questions the ability of her community to stabilize and rebuild. It's just there's not a lot here. You go through Main Street and there's empty buildings and there's a parking structure that has so much space in it, but there's no cars there. And that really hits home for me because I'm from here. I was born here. It was a population of people that had various jobs and like you could go to an ice cream shop and it could stay open because there was business because there's so many people coming through. And ever since the coal mines came down, that's deep in everybody's blood here. And first of the month comes and everybody knows it because there's people waiting in line at the ATMs at 12 o'clock at night waiting for that to hit so they can go and get food. Nobody wants to really invest here and they take their money elsewhere and they go to Lexington and they want all these new fancy things and the majority of our population is low income, below poverty. It's a hard life around here, you know, you can't exactly work 30 hours a week at a job for minimum wage and see your kids and have the type of relationship that you want with your family or your loved ones because you're breaking your back to make your bills meet. I have no funding. I have no educational background that can help me do this by myself. But I want people to know that people like me want that for Hazard. It just breaks my heart. I don't want to leave Hazard. You know, there's still a heartbeat here. It's not dead. Stacy Fugit. I'm a senior at Hazard High School. I'm 18 years old. I just think that bigger things are going to need to happen in order to demolish all of the bad things that are happening. But as far as what we're doing right now, I think that those are steps in the right direction. They're not the ultimate things that are going to 
change our downtown area or change our community, but it's also something that's not going to happen overnight. Something is better than nothing. The River Arts Greenway, Thursdays on the Triangle, the murals, all those are people who want to see a change. And for right now, that is a very good start. Some people, whenever I tell them my dreams, they automatically give me this look that, you know, that's going to be hard, as if I don't know going to be attending the University of Kentucky in the fall. And my ultimate dream is I completely have plans to return home and open my own business. What kind of business that will be, I'm not 100% sure yet, but that's only because they have big plans for Hazard. And so I would like to see how my business can further benefit Hazard. But I'm very optimistic just because I see all the meetings going on around town, all kinds of civic engagement groups that are just trying to better our area. With so many people who are so positive about change, and so many people who look forward to making our area a better place to live, there is going to be a big change coming. And I think that most people are optimistic because of those people. Both of these young women have a lot to be concerned about when it comes to the well-being of their hometown and surrounding county. 26.4% of Perry Countyans live below the poverty line, including one-third of the county's children. Perry County ranks at the bottom of Kentucky's 120 counties in health outcomes. And Perry County is also among the top 200 counties nationwide, identified by the Center for Disease Control to be the most vulnerable for hepatitis C and HIV outbreaks. The risk is directly related to the region's opioid epidemic and needle-injected drug use. Yet, as both women identified, Hazard's strengths lie in its people and their desire to see a positive change in their community, building on what is available in the city and the larger Perry County. Most of Hazard's downtown revitalization efforts have centered on what remains of the agriculture, tourism, arts, and cultural heritage of Coalfields, Appalachia. For lifetime Hazard resident Jason Brashear, the obvious place to begin is with food. If you look back at us in terms of our culture, we were such an agrarian-based culture pre-1950. And as we're looking at what is next for Eastern Kentucky, is agriculture our answer? No, it's not our saving grace. It's not our save-all peel that's going to fix it all. Is it an answer? Is it a possibility of a way for someone to make an income to support a family? Yeah, everybody's got to eat. I grew up right here in Hazard, and I remember so many times being told, because I was always dead set, I was going to go to school, and I was going to get a degree in agriculture, and everybody was saying, what What in the world? You can't be a farmer here. I think a lot of times when we think farmers, we think massive row crops and massive acreage and, and these massive farms, and it's not necessarily the case. You have to work at it. But it's possible to make a living even on small acreage. There's models out there in environments very similar to this where people are taking an acre and a half and making a $60,000 a year living. And that's pretty remarkable. And it takes a lot of science, a lot of hard work, and a lot of effort. And that's not a lot of days off in a year, but it can be done. My name is Liberty Campbell, and I'm the market manager for the Perry County Regional Farmers Market. People have gotten away from gardening, and, you know, it's easier to go to the grocery store or grab something and throw it in the microwave. So children aren't really exposed to it as much as they used to be. 
I know the Perry County school system, they use a lot of the farm to table programs and they get the fresh local produce into their schools as well. So anytime that you can introduce something like that into a community, it is going to be better overall health wise and profitable for whoever it would be growing the produce. Here in Perry County, we have started taking the SNAP program, which some people commonly know as the food stamp program, as well as we have continued to take the senior vouchers that is given out by the local senior citizen center. It's called the Double Dollars program, and the market will actually give them double the amount that the SNAP recipients want to spend, and then we double the face amount on the senior vouchers, so they actually get $56 to spend throughout the market season. The 2015 North Fork Local Foods main course was an all-local foods feast that brought people together in downtown Hazard and raised money for the Farmer's Market Double Dollars program. It's far from the only promising story in the area's local food scene. The main course was just one of several successful local foods events that's been held in the last couple of years. The county's schools have teamed up with local growers to put homegrown food onto the plates of school children in the county. $200,000 of locally grown food in 2015. And the farmer's market is open two days a week at a park outside of town, providing a free venue for growers to sell their produce. Currently, the only time local food or much food at all is available in downtown Hazard is when North Fork Local Foods or other groups hold special events. During the warm days of 2016, the Farmer's Market was brought closer to town for Thursdays on the Triangle, which was a fusion of arts, food market, and community gathering. The event was a collaborative effort by community organizations and city government. Stacy Fugit. Thursdays on the Triangle, I'm right in the middle of Hazard, and it's really convenient most of the time. And I love it just because the people who are there are so optimistic and, and I love seeing that especially in our community. There were so many vendors that were set up whether it was local farm fresh food or it was local talent like bands and things like that. It just brought the community together and some people don't really get involved in community events because maybe they feel like they don't belong which is really sad because I feel like everybody should belong because we're a community. But I think Thursdays on the Triangle was the exception to that feeling just because it wasn't necessarily a black tie event. It was just something where anybody who wanted to could come and could hang out. And I think it made a lot of people form friendships that they didn't expect to have. Pamela Farrell is a downtown resident who is a self-employed contractor, landscaper, and seamstress. She has her finger on the pulse of Hazard. Farrell enjoyed Thursdays on the Triangle, but agrees that there's still a shortage of places and events that are open and accessible to the whole community. The farmer's market was at Perry County Park. We're not going to walk four miles to get a basket of tomatoes, you know, but we could walk downtown. That's why Thursdays was good, but it was only two times a month for the three-month period while the farmer's market, you know, goes through to October. That would have been something to have considered down here. Even in the amphitheater, we did it once, and it was real successful. I don't know why it didn't really happen again. I'm not sure if politics got involved somehow, you know, started charging. Like, if you're going to charge me $50 setup fee, I'm not going to set up because I may not sell a bag, and then I'm in a hole. 
it's gamble, and not people aren't willing to gamble right now. It's just, it's, they can't. I can't afford to lose money. Jason Brashear agrees. Perry County Park is located off of Kentucky Highway 15, adjacent to the Perry County Central High School. This location puts it within convenience of people traveling to the county strip malls and the location of all the chain big box stores like Food City, Walmart, and Big Lots. As in many of the towns in the U.S., these large businesses are located outside of the downtown areas and the roads to access them bypass downtowns, driving away the potential for commerce. I would love to see a permanent structure for the farmer's market downtown. The market right now is, for the most part, in the Perry County Park. I'd like to see more of it move downtown. And I would like to see downtown back to that hub of the community. And I think a lot of people want to see that. For a community in economic duress, the overhead cost of setting up shop is enough to dissuade people from entrepreneurship. The civic groups of Hazard tried to cut down the initial costs of selling goods or produce at their events and quickly discovered bigger barriers. As they began to encourage the community to utilize their talents and skills in creating small niche businesses, they realized it wasn't necessarily the people who weren't prepared. The Treehouse Cafe was a prime example of what the residents of Hazard have been hoping for the future of their downtown. The cafe carried local foods, Kentucky brewed craft beers, local art and artisanal products, and was a space for poets and musicians to perform their talents. Robert Donnan came to Hazard as an independent economic community and development catalyst in 2013 invited by the Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky to help develop a downtown revitalization group, which was eventually named Envision Hazard. Getting acquainted with Hazard, Robert, like many Hazard residents, found himself making a third space, which is a space outside of home and work to meet people and have community conversations, at Treehouse Cafe, which opened in 2012 on the corner of Main Street. Treehouse was one of two sit-down eating establishments in town, but after three years in business, owner Jen Noble had to close the doors. Donnan knows that in no small part, the building's condition and rent were a factor. Buildings that are available often are not in good shape. Treehouse was a wreck. It was kind of a charming wreck, and I liked going there a lot. <laughs> but it wasn't efficient. It wasn't easy to heat. It didn't have the proper safety features, and it was kind of like squatting and paying rent to squat. Our entrepreneurs deserve to have access to affordable places to set up a business where you're not freezing at night in the wintertime, where the water works, where the heat works. We need to kind of look at what it's going to take to renovate old, crumbling buildings because if we don't, the potential that is there will be lost at some point. I mean, they become irretrievable and just have to be knocked down. Jason Brushier. A lot of the folks that has come in here and worked on a lot of this stuff, and I thank the good Lord for them every day, a lot of them aren't from here. They're Vistas, they're Transition Fellows, they're this, that. Like They've come in here for one reason or another, and I'm very grateful. But they don't understand what this town looked like when I was growing up here in the 90s. What I would like to see 
for downtown, and this this is a hard one to do, but I, we've got to try to figure out how to get businesses. But I think to get businesses, we've got to figure out how we get these building owners to work with these entrepreneurs. Our biggest issue right now, if I was an entrepreneur and I wanted to move to Main Street, the rent on Main Street is impossible with buildings that aren't necessarily up to code enough for me to ever make money. The person who owns the building that housed the Treehouse Cafe also owns a building known as the Grand Hotel. The structure was built in the early 1920s and was the home of the Combs Motel and the Yellow Lantern Tea Room in Hazard's glory years. In 1928, a fire gutted the building and five people were killed. Fast forward to 2015, and the Grand Hotel was a home to 61 people and five businesses, one of which was a draw for people in the region to downtown Hazard, Peking Chinese Restaurant. Again, Robert Donnan. I got a text from a friend about quarter to seven or something, seven o'clock, saying, you may want to get downtown because the Grand Hotel's on fire, and obviously my office is right next door. And they wouldn't let me come up and get anything. They'd already closed off all the buildings. And fires and floods, tornadoes, that's just in the nature of life. You know, you get hammered by one thing or another. And then the question is for any community or family or an individual is how do you respond to that? And there's always the immediate sense of catastrophe and dislocation, certainly for the 61 people who lived in the Grand Hotel. The immediate thing I felt that morning was what's going to happen to these people? Are they safe? And thankfully the Methodist Church got set up to take donations and the Presbyterian Church took them in and put them on cots. And I felt like the community really responded in a powerful and generous and loving way. And something that you've got deep history with and emotional ties to and remember a certain time in your life and all of a sudden it's on fire and in flames and going down, that's painful. Main Street and Hazard remained closed off in the area in front of the Grand Hotel for six months while the charred shell of what was left stood without attention. The owner of the building and the city of Hazard disagreed on how best to manage the demolition and possible rehabilitation of the property. Three months after the fire, the city of Hazard began accepting bids for the full or partial demolition of the property to make it safe to reopen the street, citing the building as being a public safety concern. The owner filed a lawsuit against the city in response as the city had planned to ask him to pay for the removal of hazardous waste once the demolition was completed. A construction company began work in February of 2016, tearing down the building to the first two stories, allowing the street to be reopened. Jenny Williams is a Hazard native, a professor of English at the Hazard Community and Technical College, and is part of the group Envision Hazard. She also volunteers in many capacities with projects in Hazard and the larger community. Williams recently won an award from Southern Living Magazine called Southerner of the Year for her work with Community Gardens and downtown's River Arts Greenway. She sees the need to address infrastructure as the next big step in revitalizing downtown. 
we really miss the treehouse so much because it really created a third space in our community. I mean, we really need that downtown, but right now we've got to put some things into place to make that happen. You know, we need to work on some infrastructure. We need to figure out what buildings we can use. We need to figure out how to make it possible for to build in a floodplain or to, you know, create to make it not so expensive to attract more businesses downtown because it's so important. Enter Less Roll, Hazard Resident and the Enterprise Development Project Specialist with the nonprofit Mountain Association for Community Economic Development, or MACID, which serves the 54 Appalachian counties of eastern Kentucky. So as we talk about wanting our downtowns to be vibrant again, full of diverse businesses, attractions, reasons for people to bring their families and their children downtown to come do business here, we have to know what we're working with. And the reality is we just don't know. MACID, in our work supporting Envision Hazard, suggested that a building inventory was a one path to take. And what we've done is we've taken the property valuation administrator records match them up with what we know about downtown, and then working with the local building inspector, the local mayor's office, the PBA, the first responders, 911, the sheriff, the city police, the fire department, those folks, and try to gather all of the information that we have already into a central place so that everybody knows what information everybody else has, but then also get it all together to aggregate it so that we can say, when people talk about wanting to start businesses downtown, we have 150 buildings available downtown, and of those, 20 of them are ready for you to do something like this in, or what percentage are owned by absentee landlords. It's really hard to say that anything is going to change if we don't know what we want to change from. Samantha Haynes, the young mother we heard from in the beginning of the program, has an idea of what hazard should change from, being familiar enough with Hazard's past and unwanted changes Hazard has already gone through brings a lot of emotion to the surface for Haynes. She volunteers at the Second Chance Mission, a nonprofit that serves the local homeless, hungry, and in need. That puts her in direct service to a wide range of Hazard residents. Who wants to come to Hazard? Whenever you look back in Hazard's videos, and there's so much life, and that's kind of a nice thing to see. It's beautiful. It had that heartbeat, and it was strong, and it was cold. It was bringing movie theaters. They had pharmacies downtown. It was just life. I volunteer at Second Transmission. The space that we have is limited, so we make the best out of what we have. And they need food, but they go hungry, and they're wondering why that this is happening. I don't have any excuses for Perry County. I don't have any excuses for the state of Kentucky because I'm a product of this environment. I want to try to give back to the community. I just want people to help other people and help them help themselves. Treat others as you wish to be treated. Jenny Williams, like Samantha Haynes, is motivated by memories of hazard that she and family grew up in and hopes that her children might make their lives in hazard in the future. Williams has focused on creating a walkable downtown in the form of a greenway, dotted with interactive art displays, along the North Fork of the Kentucky River, which runs through hazard. I think getting the River Arts Greenway started has been a big success. Not a lot's happened this year. We lost the Grand Hotel. We all were devastated about that, right? It's a visible reminder um, every time you go past it, and you tend to not 
see that after a while. But this weekend, we had our Christmas parade, Christmas in a small town celebration. We had a, an ice skating rink in Triangle Park, and there was a bonfire, and the Perry County Farm to School truck was there selling food. And all up and down the street, different community groups and businesses put giving trees. For instance, the Lions Club put readers, you know, glasses. Different groups um, gave away books and all sorts of things. So all up and down Main Street, it was beautiful. And so it stood out in stark contrast for me to see the Grand Hotel as this sort of visible reminder that we still have so far to go. But it was also really hopeful because it reminded me of when I was a little girl in the 70s. So when I look at the community work that I do, I want everybody to be happy and healthy and to have good jobs and to eat good food. And really, the things I do, I do because I want this to be a place where I want to live. And I want this to be a place where my kids want to live. Is the goal to reclaim the downtown of Hazard that Williams remembers and that Haynes saw in old video footage? Or is it to move into a completely new era of growth that doesn't look anything like Perry County as seen before? Les Roll explains how recent years have seen the thinning out of the once tight-knit community that thrived in Hazard's now-crumbling downtown. We're used to the small-town dynamic of we all know each other. We still refer to buildings by names and businesses they haven't had for 15 or 20 years. The generations of people that owned those spaces, the people that knew all of those people, they're aging out, they're retiring away, they're dying. The people that owned the buildings are no longer the current owners. Despite our assumptions, they've moved on. The building's owners now are frequently lien holders, companies in Texas, or they're the heirs of people that passed away a number of years ago, or property that changed hands that outside of the few people that just are in the know, you just wouldn't know. If the city of Hazard is going to begin to reclaim its downtown, the information provided by the real estate inventory will be important to the process. Laura Smith works for the Foundation for Appalachian, Kentucky, as the director of the Philanthropic Capital Fund for Southeast Kentucky, or PhilCap. Smith recently met a high net wealth individual who lives in Kentucky and made his money through insurance bonding. He does not live in Southeast Kentucky, but bonded a lot of reclamation work happening on the strip mining sites in the area. Although he's not from eastern Kentucky, he certainly recognizes that his business was built from wealth that was generated from the coal industry in eastern Kentucky, and he feels a very strong social responsibility to get back to the region, especially right now as we're going through what some people call an economic transition with the decline in coal jobs. There's been a lot of good work, including in Hazard, around this idea of downtown revitalization. One of the places that we saw a need and a place that we could add some value is around doing community development and specifically real estate development in eastern Kentucky towns. So one of the first investment opportunities that was brought to us was brought by Jerry Roll and the Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky. And it's a building in Hazards. It was the old Sterling Hardware building, so people refer to it as the Sterling Building. And it's a beautiful, historic three-story building that kind of sits on the corner of Main Street. We will probably be moving into that building in March. It will now become the offices for the Foundation for Appalachian Kentucky, for Community Farm Alliance's Hazard Office, for Mesa's Hazard Office, and a few other community groups that are working on community economic development. So that's the first investment that we've made. And then we're also looking for other opportunities for buildings as well. 
With a new infusion of outside capital investment, momentum around Hazard's downtown revitalization is beginning to pick up. Betsy Clemens, the executive director of Perry County Chamber of Commerce, she says that the Arts Station, a project which has been in the works and is entering a new action-oriented phase of development this year, best sums up what she hopes to bring to downtown Hazard and how the community will rebuild. In our arts session, this is what we hope to accomplish. We're going to have a small auditorium, which we can offer smaller performances, and we will have art, dance, and drama classes that are taught and offered to kids throughout the county and the city, hopefully free of charge, piano lessons. We've created a lot of excitement in our town where there's been a lot of despair with the loss of the coal jobs and our economy's down and so we're hoping with this revitalization and bringing new things downtown that that will bring more excitement to people out in the county and others that would want to move here possibly or create some entrepreneurship for people that they want to create a business downtown or in the county that we're here to help them. I think it's created a kind of network between the arts and the community that live here and others to just really try to diversify our economy. Us as a region can develop a place for tourists to come and see what we have to offer because I think our culture is so unique that we need to show everybody and I'm proud of what we are and what we have to offer. Showing off the beauty of our mountains is something that we need to rebrand. We're not just about coal mining. The community is going through a cycle of questioning, trying, and evaluating what they want to create in downtown Hazard. Les Roll doesn't pretend to have the answer, but in that unknowing place, he finds a call to action. I would love to have the answer, and if I did, I would tell you. That is to say that I think we all have a piece of the answer, but nobody has that complete picture, and I doubt that we ever will. The best we can do is try. For WMMT, this is Kelly Haywood reporting from downtown Hazard, Kentucky. And that concludes this edition of Mountain News and World Report. WMMT would like to thank the welcoming community of Hazard for lending their thoughts to this program. We would like to thank Willie Davis for beginning the work that created this episode. The music you heard can be found on the June Apple label. Making Connections is brought to you by WMMT Mountain Community Radio. Find out more at makingconnectionsnews.org.